Welcome to the first in the Rebel Entrepreneur Coaching Series. The idea behind this series of shows is to allow you to learn through experiencing coaching with live businesses. Because actually the principles of business are great, but it's the real life application of those principles is where the magic happens. The thought is, is that we would take real entrepreneurs, coach them through their business and help them to make tough decisions. And by doing that, you would be able to experience everything going on. So recently in February of 2020, we were running a pop-up business school in Charleston. We had 100 entrepreneurs come along to this incredible event in the mall there, and we had a fantastic time. I took three of those people and helped them with some of their different problems. The first was Darcy, who was running a yoga business, and that's this episode. So this is the first in the series of episodes we're going to do. And what I would really love is your feedback and thoughts on this episode. We've not done this way of doing a podcast before. It's something a little bit different to your normal interview episodes. And we'd love to know what you think and what you got from it. Now on to the episode. What would it take to become the hero of your own life? To build the business you've always dreamt of? To make money doing something you love? It's time to take control. Can we get on with making money and having fun now? I'm not doing it if it's not fun. Join the rebellion with Alan Donegan and welcome to Rebel Entrepreneur. Darcy has built an incredible yoga business and she's built it in a very non-traditional pop-up way, which I was so impressed with. She runs events in the brewery. She runs them on the beach. She travels around the town of Charleston, South Carolina, running different yoga events in different places and has built over the last five years an incredible community. Darcy's big dream going forwards is of owning her own space. And the question she's been posing is, how do you go up from this pop-up type business mentality where you run events in different people's spaces to your own permanent event? And that is the subject of this episode. So first off, let's hear Darcy tell us what she does and who she does it for. So my name is Darcy Mahan. I'm the owner of Darcy Mahan Yoga and Wellness. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Darcy Mahan Yoga. And you can also find my website at DarcyMahanYoga.com. That's D-A-R-C-Y-M-A-H-A-N Yoga.com. And what I do is provide customized yoga experiences for people. What that usually looks like is coming into their homes or going into their businesses. Sometimes I do that for people who are visiting Charleston. So that looks like yoga on the beach or out at the brewery, things like that. So I'm selling yoga, but what I'm really providing is peace of mind and overall wellness. Let's cut straight to part one of the interview, which is where we find out about Darcy's business, her vision, where she wants to go and what she's up to. What I would love you to listen for as you go through this is where do you think Darcy is stuck? What do you think the next action she needs to take are? If you were in her situation, what would you do? And I think that's one of the most important questions as you listen to this, because it's thinking through what you would do in other people's situations that will help you work out what you need to do in your situation. And do you think she should take on her own space or should she stay running the business as she does? So I'd love you to think through those things. This interview was done at the beginning of the pop up in Charleston, which is a two week course. 
We did a second interview halfway through the two-week course and a third interview at the end, and you're going to hear all in this podcast episode and the transition between. So enjoy, keep those questions in mind, and enjoy the first part of the interview. So Darcy, uh, welcome to the closet in the back (laughs) of the creepy mall. Uh, It's not a creepy mall at all. Welcome to the closet in the back of the abandoned mall. There we go. That sounds a little bit better, I guess. (laughs) Just a little bit. (laughs) So you have a yoga business. I do, yes. I've been teaching yoga now for about five years. Wow. What do you love about it? I love everything about it. I mean, yoga is my passion, but really helping people to feel comfortable in their bodies is, I guess, my true passion. And yoga is just one way to get there, one way to do that, but that's the way that I share with people. I want everyone to feel good about doing yoga. So often people will come to me, especially in my untraditional classes, like on the beach or at the brewery, and they'll come to me and they'll say, I don't really like yoga or like, I've tried it before. It's not for me. Or sometimes girls will bring their husbands or boyfriends and it's like, oh, I convinced them to try it. And my favorite thing in the world is at the end when they're like, oh, that was yoga. That was yoga. I love yoga. I really, really like that. That's like my favorite thing in the world. Just having someone change their mind about something that they thought they knew, something that's going to make them feel amazing. So what made you choose to do yoga in a brewery? Um, it was just a way to build community, really. So I think I proposed that class maybe about a year after I'd been certified. So I'd been kind of bouncing around different studios. I was seeing things that were working really well, things that were not working so well. Um, but I wasn't in a position to change anything. You know, I was just an employee, oftentimes an independent contractor. So I really had little influence over creating the community that I think is so important for yoga. I don't think it's about just dropping in and unrolling your mat and breaking a sweat. I think it's about the relationships that you build, you know, often with yourself, but then other people and having that studio connection having that like actual physical location is important. So I didn't feel like I had that in Charleston. One way that I could do that without opening a studio was to create this community inside the brewery. So I proposed to a brewery that had opened. They'd opened maybe like three months before I talked to them. They're very local focused. And so I came in, I said, I'm local. You know, my students are local and this is what we want, a place to gather, a place to support each other in all these different ways. And so they were super open to it. And we are going on, I think it'll be five, no, four years, four years of the brewery class this May. So I'm very, very excited about that. How many classes a week do you run there? So I just do one in that location. It started out small, so it definitely was not my moneymaker. I was doing other things to have a more consistent income, you know, working in studios where I was actually an employee, where some taxes were being paid for me, where it wasn't just me doing everything. But I'm really proud to say that that class has grown exponentially, and so that's what has made me feel confident about opening my own brick-and-mortar studio. And that's the goal. That is the goal, for sure. That's the goal. That's the dream. The dream is owning your own space. Yes, absolutely. Why do you want to own your own space? Why would you want all the property tax? taxes, all the leaks, all the dirty toilets. Believe me, sometimes I think about that. Um, It is nice to show up into a space and just get to teach and get to come home. But overall, I don't have a lot of control in that environment. I don't have a lot of say. I don't have a lot of influence. And I think I am a person who likes an element of control. No no amount of yoga is going to take that away from me. I like a little bit of control. (laughs) And I like to know that I'm creating the best experience possible for my people. So if I'm in a studio where the management isn't ideal or the location isn't ideal or I'm limited in what I can teach and offer, I am limited as a teacher. And then by extension, their yoga practice is limited. And I'm well aware that a lot of people who practice with me 
aren't getting a lot of yoga in their lives. So it's not like they can just choose something different. They can choose to go someplace else, especially the people who come to the brewery. Often that's their only yoga experience ever. And they're probably not going to seek out anything else because it's beyond their comfort zone. They don't think of themselves as yoga people. They'll do it in a brewery and then they'll do it with me. So sometimes they'll come to my other events. And if I open a studio, I feel like it'd be a way to kind of bring them into that more holistic yoga experience. Cool. Because one of the dangers of opening up a space mm -hmm. is it costs a lot of money or can sure. do. And once you've done it, you open the doors and go, ta-da! Sure, yeah. And wonder where the customers are. It's terrifying. So yeah, do you already have a list of customers? I do. And I've also kind of considered the fact that, you know, I have been told explicitly by people and I've built these relationships with them over years. You know, I believe that they will come to my building, but I can't be certain. You know, I can't ever know for sure. I believe at this point in my career, in my teaching experience, that people will come. But it's just not a given, you know, and that's really, really scary because obviously like rent will be a given, you know, my lease, all those things, <laughs> those will be things that I will have to pay for regardless of how many people walk in the door. Yes. And one of the expressions we get taught, I don't know if you've ever heard it, is if you build it, they will come. Mm -hmm. Have you I've heard, heard of it? That? Yeah. Yeah. I hope that applies. <laughs> hope Came that from works. Field of Dreams uh -huh. yeah. uh, by Kevin Costner or indeed Wayne's World repeated it many, many times. <laughs> Didn't know that. Okay. Classic Learning movie. something now. Um, <laughs> It's actually one of the biggest lies out there. Mm. If you build it, no one will come unless you market it and sell it. Sure. And yeah. building it is only one tiny element. Oh, yeah. We then need to fill it. And that's the risk of those permanent spaces. Mm -hmm. So you've been operating out of other people's spaces for a few years now. I have, yes. And the next step is to figure out how to get your space. Correct. Is the dream just to own the space or would you be willing to have it in someone else's building? Is there other ways to do it? Or do you need to own the space? Do you actually want to own the land? So owning the space, the building, the land, of course, offers more security. Here in Charleston, you know, rents go up really quickly, really, really quickly. So one fear that I have, something that I have thought about is like, even if I get together the money to open initially, well, in three years, you know, my rent could double, triple, I don't really know, you know, but I know in Charleston things go up very, very quickly. So the dream would be to own everything. Again, remember, I like control. So, <laughs> so owning everything would be ideal. But the financial part of that just seems so far beyond anything. So really, my dream isn't to own like the building, the studio itself. It's to be able to have that place to build a community. And I want to be able to do it long term. So kind of whatever that ends up looking like. So the dream is the community and the long-term aspect. Exactly, exactly. One of the businesses we met in the UK, incredibly successful business, there was a gentleman named Phil who wanted to launch a restaurant business, but he didn't want to have the building or the overhead. Mm -hmm. And the thing you've identified as the risk is the overhead. That's one of the biggest risks. And it's actually what took my dad's business down was the overhead. He had, I think it was three warehouses and 15 or 18 stores, and he was selling sportswear. And in the big crash of the 90s, people stopped having money for luxuries and stopped buying sportswear. He had huge rents on the buildings, and his business jumped off a cliff and no money was coming in. He had 100 plus staff to pay, buildings to pay, rent to pay. Sure. And sure. the business fell to pieces overnight. 
that's the big risk. Mm -hmm. So when I've been starting a business, I do anything I can to not have those overheads. And we've been running the pop-up business school for eight years now. Mm -hmm. And this year, we're going to finally get a building. First time ever. Wow. Uh, <laughs> wow. It's going to be in Westminster and we've done a deal with the council. Mm -hmm. And actually the building, for the first year, we're getting it rent free and mitigated on the rates, the taxes. And there's got to be a way for us to find you a building that you can use. Mm -hmm. And back to the restaurant example with Phil, what he actually found was he found businesses that wanted staff canteens or staff restaurants, but weren't in the restaurant business. So he did deals with them that he would run the staff restaurant, the staff bit in the bottom, and they would give him the building to do it. So he did that deal where he got the space and they got the service for their staff and they got the expertise to do it. So I'm wondering, could we find an office that wants to have your service available for their staff, mm -hmm. but you get to use the space other days for other classes? Yeah, yeah. Could we find a restaurant? Well, I love the brewery idea. Yeah. Is there a, I think that's a genius idea, doing it in the brewery. Is there a brewery that has different spaces, a different warehouse they're not using? Is there a farm with an empty shed or a silo that we could do it on a farm? I love the beach idea as well. So is it just the security that, of the building that is the thing that's stopping you go to the next step? Or what is stopping you? I think it is. When I think about it, you know, I can picture what it will be like to walk into my space and to greet my students and to host my classes. I can picture it. I can feel it, you know. But then when I try to think of like, well, how do I find that space and get that space? And, do, you know, all those things are what's kind of stopping me. I was for a while teaching some classes in... It's going to sound odd, but it was an old True Value hardware store that then was being transitioned into a pasta factory, and it had a small retail area. And so the retail area was the only place that was you know pretty enough to show to the public. The rest was full of machinery and all this kind of stuff. And so for a while, I was hosting you know little like pop up events in that space, and it was so beautiful. And I know or I believe that the owners of that space were thinking like, oh, well, maybe you could have, you know, you could do this more often. You could be here a little more regularly. But to me, it's kind of like having my own dedicated space. You know, there, I mean, one time the electricity wasn't on when we got there. One time the floor was like coated in cement dust. I mean, there's just all these things that they're not insurmountable obstacles. I mean, we handled all that. We lit some candles. We swept the floor. You know, we did those <laughs> things and it was fine. But to me, part of the idea of like having my own studio is that I am the steward of that building and that community. You know, I know that everything is going to be ideal for my people when they show up. It's going to be perfect. So that's kind of why I've become attached to that idea of having my own space rather than using someone else's space and dropping in here and there. I mean, I teach in some gorgeous places. I teach um, at one of our town halls, and it's bright, and it's airy, and it's like floor-to-ceiling windows. It's amazing. Every time I walk in, I'm like, I wish this could be my studio. I wish I could have this. Have you asked them? Um, I haven't. No. I haven't asked them if they will gift me their brand new <laughs> town hall building but <laughs> maybe maybe how many people have you pitched your vision to or asked for spaces so i would say it's only been within the past maybe like eight months that i've been brave enough to say this is what i want to do 
you know, people know that I'm a teacher. They know that I'm passionate about that. They know, I think many people know that I really enjoy putting on my own events and, and kind of doing my own thing. I'm not content to just teach for other people um, and build up their communities. You know, I want to create one that's centered around the things that I feel are important. But it's only in the past, I would say since June, I was at a women's entrepreneur conference and they had us go around the room and say, you know, why we were passionate about what we were passionate about. And so that was the first time that I heard myself say out loud, you know, this is what I want to do. It's so important to me. You know, it was terrifying, terrifying. But since then, I've tried to work it into more conversations. You know, I, I bring it up to people. People ask me, oh, where, where do you teach? And I always say, well, here's where I am now. And eventually, it will be my own space. You know, people often ask, do you have a studio? No, not yet. Not yet. Instead of saying just like, no, I don't. Oh, I wish. You know, I'm always like, not yet, but hopefully very soon. So I try to put it out there you know, to actual people that I work with, but also putting it out there to the universe. Like, yes, I'm ready. What What do you have for me? It doesn't have to be how I envisioned it. I'm trusting kind of this highest good that something is going to filter down that's going to allow me to create this community. So how many students do you have on a week-by-week -week basis currently? Well, it's hard to say. So I would say I have, I have about five private clients that I see in their homes. I go to one office where I see about 10 people all in one place. At the brewery, I get an average of around 30 to 35 people right now, That's which is awesome. amazing. We grew a lot. So that is really, really, really impressive to me. Um, and then when I'm dropping into studios, I would say it's anywhere from maybe 10 to 25 students at a time that I'm seeing there. So I feel like there's 50 or 60 people a week you could actually speak to and say, mm -hmm. I am now actively on the hunt. Yeah for spaces to do yoga in. Yeah. Whether that's it's true. to buy the space, partner for the space. Mm -hmm. And I feel actually you've got an incredible vehicle. Do you collect these people's email addresses? I do. Yes. So Another then we need to write the email. Yes, Let's write the that's email. True. Okay. Cuz you don't get what you don't ask for. That's true. And I learned that today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what my mum drummed into me uh, is you don't get what you don't ask for and we could do it by email. We can do it when we see people. But I think directly asking is the key bit. Because if you say to people, I enjoy running at other places, I'm hoping to get my own space in the future. Mm -hmm. If I said to you, I was hoping to get my own space in the future, right. what would you reply? Good luck. I hope the best for you. Yeah. Good <laughs> you luck. Know, but Thanks. It's, it's passive. Yeah, it's very passive. Yes. And there is no hope. That sounds dire. It does sound dire. <laughs> sounds very uh, dire. <laughs> hope doesn't make it come true. Well, that's true. Hope doesn't, like, hope's lovely, but it's not the same as asking. So if I was to say to you, so I'm working on my yoga business, actually I'm actively looking for spaces. Do you know anyone who has a building, a space, anyone who loves yoga? Do you know anyone I could talk to? And it's the direct asking. And I think quite often people forget to directly ask. They just kind of say, I'm aiming for this. Sure. And people go, that's lovely. Thank you for telling me. Sure. And never actually help. So I think you've already got the people. Mm -hmm. And I bet you somewhere within your existing network, there is a lead, a connection, someone with a building. There's someone in the room today at Pop-Up Business School in Charleston. Uh, there was a lady earlier at the back who had a farm. And she said, I'm looking for this at the farm. There's there's all sorts of landowners and property owners here. There's the mall owners. We're actually in the Citadel Mall in North Charleston. 
they are doing all sorts of different things with them all. Why don't we speak to them? They're coming down later. But I guarantee somewhere within your existing network and the people we've met today, there's already the space. We just need to start asking. So do you think for someone like me who, you know, has this this dream, for me, it seems like my customer base, my students tend to be in one specific area. They're the people who are going to buy memberships, buy classes, be at my events. So to me, it makes sense, and please correct me if I'm wrong, to, you know, try to find a space, a specific space that serves those people that already want what I have to offer. Whereas, for instance, if I found a mall space, you know, it might be a gorgeous space, but I don't know that my people are necessarily going to come. For someone in my position, what do you think is the best path to pursue? Should I be very specific about what I want or should I, you know, see what comes to me and try to make a go of it? What do you think is the best path? I think you've got to do both. Okay. You need to be specific to people and say, this is the kind of thing I'm looking for. Because if you don't tell them what you're looking for, they'll never be able to help you find it. And they're never going to deliver exactly what you want. Mm -hmm. Maybe, but the chances are they'll go, well, I've got this idea or this idea, and it'll be something completely different. And I think that's one of the hardest things with setting a goal Mm -hmm. is you set your target and your goal of where you're going, but being open enough to allow the curveballs to come in that could be incredible opportunities. Because you just don't know what people are going to offer you. Someone will say, well, actually, I have a building. It's a basketball court or it's this or it's that. And you'd have no idea what it's like, but it might be the perfect space. But until we start asking. So I would... Scary. It is. (laughs) It's scary. (laughs) What scares you about asking? Well, I mean, a few different things, right? So if it comes true, then there's all the financial scary parts. But even I would say just like the idea of thinking about saying, this is what I want and I want it really badly, you know, and I believe I can do it. There's always that little part of you that's scared someone's going to be like, no, you can't or that's dumb or what, you know. And I, I know that this is a valuable offering for my people and my community and yoga in general, you know, but there's still that like, oh, I'm scared. <laughs> I don't want to say it, you know. <laughs> well, let's have a go now. Tell me exactly what you want, Darcy. Okay. I would like a beautiful community space to bring together people who are really focused on their wellness. That doesn't necessarily mean their physical fitness. It doesn't mean creating a body that looks a certain way or burning calories or anything like that. It means holistic wellness, like feeling the way that you want to feel when you wake up in the morning and when you go to bed at night. And that has to do with the physical practice of yoga. There's the asana portion, of course, like where you are moving your body. But it's so much more than that. And that's where I feel like I can fill a void that's missing here in Charleston. I can provide that more holistic experience. I love that. So if you're listening and you're in Charleston (laughs) and you have a space, let Darcy know. Uh, Message us and we'll let her know. So I've got a challenge for you, Darcy. Okay. We're on day one of the Charleston course, which lasts for two weeks. Mm -hmm. Over the next two weeks, can you ask everyone you meet if they know of a space and then report back to us in two weeks' time about how it went and what you found? Absolutely. Cool. I'm looking forward (laughs) to finding out what happens. I am too. <laughs> Is there anything that would stop you from doing that? You mean if I found a space or anything that would stop me from just asking people? From just asking. Um, I mean, I'm a little like sweaty, nervous about it right now, but I'm still going to do it. It's not going to stop me. <laughs> a little Perfect. hesitation, but not stopping. Excellent. 
So after this first interview, uh, my wife Katie and I actually went to Darcy's class at the weekend in the brewery. It was fantastic. It was a packed class full of energy and we did some great yoga. I definitely ached afterwards. And then people sat around in the brewery having a beer afterwards at the weekend. It was a great class. So in that first interview, we found out yoga is definitely Darcy's passion and bringing people together, bringing that community. And her goal is to build or to have a bricks and mortar building where she can bring that community together. She started by defining the dream and then she's working out how to ask for what she needs. So let's move straight into the second interview, which happened three days later. Darcy, we met, what, three days ago? Mm-hmm. Three uh, days. And what we came to was you wanted a space. Uh, you were going to go away and ask people. What happened? So I did ask people. Um, I posted to my Facebook and my Instagram, and I said what I wanted. I said that I wanted a space to bring together my community. I said in my post, I think my exact words were um, an underutilized space. Basically, in my mind, what I thought I was asking for was like a free space. <laughs> what do you have that I can have <laughs> that you're not using? Um, but of course, I didn't say that. I, I said an underutilized, underutilized. space. Um, and I also said that I was open to other ideas because I am. I definitely am. You know, I don't I have a vision, but I am open to suggestion and, and who knows what else is out there for me. So I said that and I got some great responses. They were not exactly what I was looking for, however. Um, I got a few different kind of job offers. You got job offers. Well, to teach different places, <laughs> yeah. So I, I know it sounds it's like... amazing. It is. It is. I'm very grateful. But let me, I guess, let me backtrack for a moment. The reason I want the space is because for the past five years, I've been bouncing around and I've been doing all these different things. So while I'm super grateful for the offers, very, very grateful... I want less of the bouncing around. So more places to bounce to wasn't really what I wanted out of my ask. So actually one of the reasons of having your own space is to be in one place. It is, yeah. So people come to you, not... Exactly. And it wouldn't necessarily have to be just one space. You know, for instance, I am at one of the breweries in town here. So maybe I'm at a couple places like that. You know, I'm not fully locked in and kind of set on just one thing. You know, I understand that this could show up in different ways. But the way that I'm envisioning it is, yes, one space, one building that I'm able to use, that I'm able to kind of set up the way that I want it to be set up. That means It's clean and it's bright and it's welcoming and it's all the things that I would look for in a place to practice yoga. Excellent. So how many responses did you get? Because you also asked at the event here in Charleston. I did, yes. And I did speak um, to our group. I got, uh, it's hard to say. I mean, I would say on my Instagram and Facebook, I got at least like 30 responses. That's huge. It is huge. It is huge. And I want to stress, I'm so grateful for that. However, they were mostly, you know, have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? Have you thought of that? And the answer is in a lot of cases, yes, I have, you know, and I I am grateful for the suggestion. But yes, I've thought of those things. And there are different reasons why they don't work at this stage or they don't give me what I need. were useful? What, out of those 30-odd responses, what leads were useful? Um, so one that I followed up on was someone who contacted me about teaching at the MUSC Wellness Center. So that's our, our hospital here in Charleston. Um, and I followed up on that. It's it's obviously not a space. You know, it's another class that I would be driving to. But to me, that particular 
lead would put me in touch with people who care deeply about their wellness, you know, enough so that they work at a hospital. So to me, that was one that that was really, really beneficial. Um, Another one that I didn't follow up on because it didn't seem to fit with me was like, for instance, a, a CBD dispensary reached out to me. That's just not my my niche. I, I don't use that product. I'm happy for anyone who does, but it's it's just not me. It's a different way to relax. Yeah, and I don't feel that I could effectively gather people together in that space if I'm not speaking from a place of authority about it. Yes. Yeah, it's not a product I use, so I would find it hard to recommend. Right, right. So kind of like from the outset, that seemed like, oh, a great opportunity to bring people together in this beautiful space, but it's just not for me. So what's next? So the next step is to reach out to my mailing list. So for the past, I would say I've been doing it religiously probably for about a year and a half. I've been gathering all the emails from anyone who comes to an event that is strictly mine. So I'm not doing this at studios that belong to other people. I'm doing this at the brewery. I'm doing this when I teach on the beach. I'm doing this when I've hosted events in private places. Everyone who comes signs a waiver. On that waiver, it says that you're providing me with your email. You're giving me permission to contact you, so (laughs) I have their permission to reach out. Um, So I'm going to reach out to that mailing list. I believe I have maybe close to 500 people on it at this point. That's huge. Yeah, it's been a couple years in the making that I've been taking in these emails. So I'm going to reach out, and I'm going to refine my ask. Yes, because if there's one thing I've learned, the specificity of your question directly relates to the specificity of the answer. So if we put a vague question out there, we'll get all sorts of ideas because people want to help. Yes. Uh, The more specific we are with the request, the more likely we are to get something you could actually use. So Mm -hmm. what do you think you're going to ask for this time? So I'm going to ask for a dedicated space that can safely hold about 20 people. I'm going to ask for that space to be, it's hard to think of the right word. I want to use the word sacred, but that has a little bit too much like religious connotation to it. Um, What I mean by that is I want it to be a place where people can come and feel like they're really dedicated to their practice, where they're able to tap into the peace of mind as well as just the physical benefit. So basically, I don't want a space in like a really loud, heavily trafficked area where they can't get that. No nightclubs. Uh, No, not for me. No nightclub yoga for me. Um, Let's see. What else do I want? Um, I want to have an element of control over the space. And to me, that means that I'm able to keep it clean and safe and bright and and have it feel the way I want to feel. That's really what I want to offer people in their yoga is for them to feel the way they want to feel. And so for me, I have to be able to feel the way I want to feel in the space I'm offering them. Cool. So one of the things we've learned when asking for spaces for Mm pop-up is – dimensions Mm -hmm. number of people Mm -hmm. does it have natural light does it not one of the things that always affects us at pop-up is we need good wi-fi nothing kills website wednesday quicker than bad (laughs) wi-fi nothing Um, so actually we need to ask does it have wi-fi does it have Mm -hmm. this and the more specific we are up front the easier it is for people to actually make judgment calls themselves and go darcy's not looking for this sure But she might look for this. Sure. And that's helpful. The danger is you go too specific. Right. And no one can respond because you're after a Japanese temple with wooden floors (laughs) on top of a mountain in the middle of South Carolina. I'll take that. No one's ever going to find. Well, (laughs) maybe it exists. Who knows? Um, So we have to find a careful balance between specific 
and too specific because too specific no responses not specific enough you get vague responses that Mm -hmm. don't actually help you so my idea was to say in my messaging you know this is my ideal space this is what i'm looking for if i could check all the boxes this would be it maybe a couple of pictures Oh, yeah, that would be great. Some I didn't sample, think of that. Sure. This is the kind of thing I'm envisaging. Sure, sure. But I do want to leave room for people to say, you know, that looks great. I don't have this. But I have something that hits three of your five requirements. You know, what do you think about this? Yes. So do you think... A couple asking, of suggestion pictures. Mm-hmm. And then maybe it's must have mm. and nice to have. Yes, yes. That's a great suggestion. Must have this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. Nice to have. That's a great suggestion. Yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful. So we're going to write an email, send out to the 500 people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll share it with the class in Charleston again, see what they say, because I'm sure they'll come up with ideas. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to go for the space. Sounds great. I'm ready. I'm excited. Awesome. What are you going to do with the space when you get it? Do a happy dance inside of it. That's going to be the first thing I'm going to celebrate. Um, I'm going to bring my people together. We're going to do some yoga. It's going to be amazing. Fill that space with love. Awesome. That's perfect. Is there anything else I can do to help? No, not at the moment. I mean, like I said, like I want to follow. I, I don't want to miss out on an opportunity. You know, like everything that y'all have said, or I don't want to say opportunity, but possibility, right? Like I don't want to miss out on any possibilities of something turning into something. But it is hard. I'm not one of the people out here who's just starting out. You know, I, I have a packed schedule. I have my life set up the way I want it to mm. after five years of figuring it out, you know? So it's hard to know what I should explore and what I should, you know, gratefully decline. Well, I think this is the interesting bit is it changes as you go throughout your career. When mm-hmm. you first start, you have more time than you do opportunities. Mm-hmm. So you track everything. Oh, everything. You cha- yeah. <laughs> yeah. So did I. Yeah. So yes, yes to everything. You want oh, me yeah. to speak for free? I'm there. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. And then you progress through your career and you start to become a little bit more successful. And Mm -hmm. at a certain point, it changes and you have more opportunities than you do time. That's kind of where I'm at right now. And then you've got to start to say no to certain things. Okay. Um, And that's exactly the point I've reached over the last couple of years. There's more projects on my list to do than I could do in probably three lifetimes. Mm -hmm. I can imagine. (laughs) I can imagine a lot of people would like, you know, your passion on their projects and everything. I get excited about stuff. Yeah. And there's lots to do. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And that's when you have to start to say no and actually look for what you really want. Okay. And I think the thing to think about there is... Every time you say yes to something, Mm -hmm. you're saying no to everything else Mm -hmm. by default. Right. Because there's only so many hours if I'm giving one to that thing. Okay. That makes sense. So with these leads that coming in, Mm -hmm. there's the challenge of some of them might actually lead somewhere because nothing is ever directly one way. You might go to the CBD dispensary. And next door is the perfect space and they know the owners and they say, actually, it's not us, it's them. Mm -hmm. But you just don't know until you explore those things. Right. Right. But there might be, for some of these, make the phone call. And there's the 10-minute version, not the drive out there and spend half a day looking at it. Mm -hmm. Um, But we do need to say no to the things that don't fit where you're going because you're trying to create something. It's true. Yeah, really trying to grow something at this point into something even more 
fulfilling than it yes. already has been. Build that community, have the yes. heart, yes. and keep them together doing the yoga. Yes, that's it. I mean, that's all of it. <laughs> that's all of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's a strange one, being tied to the vision and accepting what turns up. Right. There is a balance. Right. Especially, I think part of the challenge is knowing you know, pretty concretely what my biggest hurdle is. You know, if I had all the money in the world, I would have just rented a space and given it a go and, and see how it goes, you know, and and work out everything else, you know. But I feel like the fact that I know real estate and the financial side of it, paying for that real estate and paying for it, like that's the biggest challenge. It's almost harder knowing what that biggest challenge is rather than being like, let's see, let's figure out the challenges. It's It's challenging to me to like let go of everything I've attached to that. Does so that make sense? Have you run the numbers to know that if you buy a space for X, your yoga practice will fund that space fully? I have not really run the numbers, no. And when I signed up for this pop-up business school, I was like, oh, that's how I'll learn how to write a business plan. And then day one, it was like, <laughs> no, you will not. All right, well, I'm glad I didn't spend all the time writing that business plan. Um, I do have a friend up in Asheville who has a, a yoga studio. It's not here in Charleston. It's not even in Asheville. It's actually up in Vermont. And so he has like all the numbers and has volunteered to share his numbers. And obviously it's different for That's incredible. different for Charleston. Right. But that way I would know like, oh, okay. You know, right now I don't even know like how many thousands of dollars this thing costs, let alone like it costs 4720 You know what I mean? Like I don't even have that. I don't even, I don't have any idea. And the spaces that I've looked at, because the way that I've done so far, if I see a beautiful space, I'm like, oh, I want to see that. I want to talk to the person. I want to learn about that. But then, and everything's ranged so much. Like if I was looking and everything was say around, you know, $2,000 a month, every single thing was around that, I would know, okay, this is it. $2,000 a month, I'll need to budget that, I'll, you know. But everything is so wildly ranging that it's kind of been like, okay, well, I, it's too much. I can't figure it all out. I, I'm, I'm not even going to like try to figure that part out yet. Does that make sense? It does. It does. I do think it is worth doing the exercise. Okay. If we went to some local realtors and mm -hmm. said, give us an idea, three example spaces that you okay. could uh, okay. lease me mm -hmm. or sell me, mm -hmm. and let's run the numbers and see mm -hmm. how many yoga classes you would have to run to be able to pay those bills. So should I do, so I, I've looked into spaces, like I said, but then what also kind of like, trips me up again is like, well, I don't know all the other things that it's going to, you know, like, I don't know what the light bill is going to be. And I don't, you know, so should I just look at the space and try and start there and let that be my starting point? We have and to just guess those numbers. Okay. We have to ask the realtor, what's the okay. average? We have to Google what's the average electricity bill for okay. a shop. Like, we just have to guess those numbers okay. and go the best guess. Okay. Um, and we'll be, we'll be out, but at least we can have an idea. Sure. Because if you're looking at spaces that are 10 grand a month. Right. How many yoga classes have you got to do before you even yeah. make any money? Yeah. Um, and that'll give you an idea of what kind of budget you have in your head that mm -hmm. you could spend, okay. which makes it way easier. And that's back to right. one of those criterias. We're not just looking for free spaces because you're an established business. I think you've already done the pop-up method in many ways because yeah. you've gone and done it in a brewery, you've mm -hmm. done it on the beach. This yeah. is incredible. Um, and it's the next evolution. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where I'm getting kind of tripped up because, like, the first part was all me. You know, like, I propose a pop-up, I go and teach it, I market it, I do all that. Like, And I feel great about my initiative and ability, but now it's kind of like, okay, well, now I need 
other knowledge that I don't have that's outside my zone of genius, you know? So that's where I'm kind of like, okay, if it's teach the yoga class to whoever, I can do that. If it's figure out this math thing (laughs) about a a building and, you know, that's harder. That's harder. I think that's where I've kind of gotten like, I don't want to say scared, but, you know, like I've, I've paused in, in trying to, trying to do that because it seems like something that's, you know, outside my comfort zone and I don't know where to start. You're saying just start, just just ask people and start. Yeah. So that's all I'll do. <laughs> like, I think when you say spreadsheet, it scares people. When you say make a list of costs, right? it sounds a lot easier. Yeah. And basically all we're doing is here's the lease rate right. or here's the mortgage rate, right. electricity, telephone, cleaning, whatever it is. Right. And then I could run three yoga workshops a week with 20 people Mm -hmm. times 20 bucks Mm -hmm. equals X. Mm -hmm. So this is how much leaves. This is how much comes in. Okay. Is there enough to live left at the end? Okay. If yes, execute. If no, go on to another one. Figure something else. And the more you do that exercise, the easier it gets. Um, My wife and I were looking for rental properties. Mm And we looked in our hometown and we had to go around looking at all of these buildings. Mm-hmm. Then we would come home with the details from the realtor yeah. and we'd enter all the details in. We'd do the calculation and see what the profit was at the end. Mm-hmm. The first time we did it, it took ages. Okay. The second and third time it was easier. Sure. By the time we'd analysed 15 properties, it was just type a couple of numbers in and the spreadsheet autos updates and we go, yes, profitable, no, not. But the first time you do it, it is going to be... Figuring it out from scratch. Figuring it out. Okay. Um, And there's plenty of people who can help you. Okay. There's plenty of geeks who love spreadsheets, me included, (laughs) uh, that can have a look down there and go, what about this? What about that? And do a few equations. It's fairly simple to figure out. Okay. Um, I also think by doing that exercise, you will get to know the local property market, Mm -hmm. which will tell you whether you can even get in there or not. Should you go back to focusing on the free spaces? Right. Or is this something that's actually attainable and you could do it? Right. Okay. Well, to hold myself accountable, can I create that spreadsheet or that list or whatever? Can I send it to you? I'll say I'm going to send it by Sunday and that you don't have to do anything with it. I'm just holding myself accountable that that's I'm going to do that and find three properties and try to try to put that together. Perfect. Find okay. three properties, put it together. I'll have a look over the weekend and okay. we'll reconvene next week. Okay, awesome. Um, yeah, that's great. That also then gives us a wonderful comparison between paid for properties and free properties. Mm-hmm. Then you can start to make an educated choice about where your direction goes and what you want to do. Yeah. It's I mean it's there's been a lot of stuff that y'all have said that it's just not how I ever envisioned it. You know, and when you say it, I'm like, well, yes, I mean, wait, yeah, of course I want to do it that way. You know, like in my mind, it was very like get a loan and then have that hang over your head forever and then be really scared that this, you know, and and the more that I think about that, it's like, well, that doesn't even sound fun. And, you know, the way that I'm doing it now is pretty fun and pretty enjoyable and pretty fulfilling. And I'm reaching the people I want to reach. I just want to reach more of them. So I think it will be powerful to see the actual numbers. And if it's, you know, it would be interesting to see if like the dream needs to shift direction. There is a risk-reward ratio. Yeah, exactly. And it is how much risk-debt chance are you taking versus will you actually make any more money or not? Mm -hmm. Will you actually get what you need? Mm -hmm. And I don't know the answers. The only way to know the answers is run the numbers and then check it against your feelings. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, that's what I'll do then. I'll so my t- just so that I remember what I'm doing. So I'm gonna write to my email list, and I'm gonna get three comparisons of properties and start to kind of like put together my numbers. It's a deal. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. I'm excited. I cool. really appreciate all that you have done for me. It's you know it's really nice to like feel like possibility is what we're pursuing yeah. rather than like all the ways it's not going to work. Does yes. that make sense? I mean, that's what this pop-up business school has really just kind of like drilled into me is that there's so much possibility, so much possibility. It's everywhere. Yes. Just people don't see it. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, I wasn't seeing it. I was seeing the way that I wanted <laughs> this to go and how I thought traditionally it needed to go. And now I'm seeing that that's not the case. You know, it could go a million different ways and they might look like what I envisioned and they might not. Well, who knows? You might be able to get exactly what you've envisioned and not sure. pay anything. We sure. just don't know yet. Fingers crossed. <laughs> That's what I'm really hoping for. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's really been, this has been amazing. This has been a really, really great experience. It's our pleasure because I think yeah. one of the things about Pop-Up, there are so many people who will tell you how it can't work. Yes. And yes. we want to be a place where you can come and people will tell you, well, Mm-hmm. It might work this way. It might work that way. Have you thought about this? Right. Possibility. Right. Not. Right. And connection over, you know, competition. The fact that I, I think in our in our society, you know, even in like the entrepreneur groups that I'm in, it's very much like I feel like you have to kind of look like you have it together to be able to get the things that you want. You know what I mean? Like if I was like, I want a space. I don't even know what that looks like. No realtor is going to want to talk to me, <laughs> you know? So I think it's it's been really powerful to be here and say like, this is what I want. Who can possibly help me? You know, I mean, that's been, that's been invaluable to me. That's been amazing. Yeah. And I think it's that shift of asking for help is a sign of strength. Right. Not a sign of... Right. And that there doesn't have to be secrecy around your business dealings, you know? Like, that's that's been really powerful to be surrounded by people who feel that way. It's really great. Well, it's interesting. They, you get trained through watching television and entrepreneurship shows that mm-hmm. business is a zero-sum game. And what I mean by that is there's one winner. Yes. And someone has to lose at the same time. Yes. And they did a study of kids in England, actually. They asked the kids in England... What are the words you associate to business? Mm. And one of the top ones was business is a dog-eat-dog world. Mm. And the young people think Ugh. that to be successful, you have to you have to put someone else down. Yeah, and that's it's just not, not it. the case. No, it's just no. not the case. There is in a country the size of America, there is vast and unlimited opportunity, mm-hmm. and you can be successful. And I can be successful and we can help each other. And we're going to be more successful if we help each other. By working together. I mean, together. absolutely. We all rise together. That's that's how it works. Absolutely. Not like stepping on somebody to get there. <laughs> that's not how it works. Or it might, but it's not going to work for long because now you're scared. And, you know, that's it's been really powerful to hear like sales-based versus debt-based and, you know, possibility-based versus fear-based is how I'm hearing a lot of that. That's been powerful for me. It's I really, exactly really appreciate that. Yeah, I'm receiving it. <laughs> Definitely receiving it loud and clear. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Thank so you. Spreadsheet by Sunday. Yes. So that was the second interview with Darcy. And actually, the next actions that came out from that were that we need to be more specific about what we're asking for. So Darcy's going back out there to ask again more specifically for the type of space she wants. And then she's also going to understand the numbers on owning or renting her own building. 
because that's one of the most important aspects you can have when running a business is understanding the numbers. The numbers of the income coming in and the money going out and how much these things are going to cost. Because how can you make a choice between the different options if you don't know how much the options cost, what we will do to your business, will it increase income, will it reduce expenses? All these different options cannot be evaluated until you really understand the numbers. So that was right in the middle weekend of pop-up. Darcy's coming back towards the end of the two-week event now for the third interview. We were actually recording in an empty shop unit right at the back in an abandoned closet. Uh, Ben, who was the producer of the show, stuck up black tablecloths around this closet to dampen the sound. And we were recording in a very creepy closet. I actually found a heart in the shop that was part of the displays that I brought in to try and uh, lift up the mood from the dark, creepy closet. I'm not sure it worked, but it was a lot of fun. So let's go back to Darcy's interview three, which is right at the end of the pop-up business school in Charleston. Welcome back to the creepy closet, Darcy. (laughs) Thank you. Glad Uh, to be here, I guess. Excellent. (laughs) Is the heart helping at all? Not not a whole lot, no, no. <laughs> so last time we caught up, you were looking for a space, you were having mm-hmm. thoughts about a space, mm-hmm. you were emailing the list, I saw the email, like what's happened since the last time we spoke? So I sent out that email just a few days ago. Um, I got some great responses as far as support for my classes and for me as a teacher and for all that I'm doing. I wouldn't say that I got any tangible offers of support, which is disappointing. Um, it's understandable, I guess, but it's it's disappointing. So then from there, my next step was to reach out to, a, I don't know if it's a local organization, um, SCORE, and to find a mentor. I'm not sure what SCORE stands for, something business related. Um, so I reached out to ask for a mentor because my next step was thinking, okay, well, if I can find someone who can help me figure out the financial side of it then I can ask for exactly what I need financially rather than saying I need help finding a building or with the financial side of it. My mentor has been a little different than what I've gotten here this week. Uh, The first correspondence we had was about how many businesses fail and how risky it is. So it's kind of a shift from being in this space of possibility to a more negative kind of realism, I guess I would call it. It's not that his facts are untrue. It's just a big shift from, you know, being so excited about possibility to then kind of having someone telling me all the ways, of course, that it won't work. Um, That's not what I would like to hear. Of course, I want to hear the ways that it will work and I want to hear new possibilities. Another thing that was a little bit daunting this week was after I sent out that email appeal and after I sent out some social media appeals and I, you know, got these great responses, what also happened was another teacher in town did basically the exact same thing and it turns out she's looking at basically the exact same space. So it was very personally upsetting, you know, to feel like I was vulnerable. I put myself out there. And obviously it was a good idea because someone Someone copied, copied it. it immediately. Yeah. <laughs> it was a great idea. The but sincerest it sincerest form of flattery. Yes. And there's a part of me that thinks, okay, bring it on. You know, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm doing the work and I'm ready for it. But there was another part of me that was very, very upset to get that reaction. Not at all what I expected to happen. You know, I expected support for my venture to come in and then to have kind of it's not that it's a threat to what I'm doing at all, but just I, I consider it like another hurdle, I would say. 
Yes. So that's interesting. So how do you feel? Where are you today? So today I'm still, you know, squarely within the realm of possibility. I'm still here at Pop-Up. I will say that this morning I was thinking, you know, this is our second to last day and I don't want to lose the momentum that I've gained. So one way that I plan to keep that momentum going is I've reached out to two local business owners here, female, about my age. Um, They're doing very different things. One is a real estate agent and the other one is an executive consultant. I'm not exactly sure if I got that title right, but something different than yoga. So I won't have to feel like my ideas are kind of being poached or like that I shouldn't be vulnerable. I'll be able to share really freely with these two women and get insight from different eyes, you know, people who are not in my industry, but who are really doing well on their own. Can I say kicking ass? That's what I wanted to say. Definitely, <laughs> kicking, you're allowed to say in that. Industry. <laughs> so that's one way that I'm planning to keep the momentum going. So you're forming a sort of mastermind group where I you am. all help each other. Yes. I love that. Yes. That's so powerful. Mm-hmm. I'm also going to go tour some property. Um, we're doing that in just a few days. I don't know how yet I would pay for that property, but I feel like it's a step forward. You know, seeing a space, figuring out what I could potentially do with it. You need to know the numbers. Exactly, exactly. Because that's the next bit is can you just afford to get the space? How many courses do you have to run? Mm -hmm. What do you have to charge? And how much will it cost? Mm -hmm. And will there be enough to live on at the end of it? Right. Because you're already running courses every week. You're already generating a profit. I am. And I would say I'm, I'm doing well. You know, I'm supporting myself. So I don't want to step back from what I've already built. I don't want to be, of course, there'll be struggle. I'm not naive about that. But I don't want to be just, you know, at the very, very rock bottom when I built my business for five years at this point. Yes. Well, you've got multi- multiple directions from here. Mm-hmm. You've got the do more of what you're currently doing because it works, mm-hmm. which is borrowing a free space or borrowing a space or finding a venue you split the profits with and doing pop-up events around the city. Mm-hmm. Or there's go physical location mm-hmm. or there's go online. or There's so many different ways you can go. Mm-hmm. How do you know which the right way is? I don't know the answer to that. Um, I think, based on my experience and my what my intuition is telling me, that it's kind of a combination of those two things. Keep working on the thing that's working really well for me. You know, I currently love what I do. I love most of the places that I get to do it. That's That's a great place to start from. So I absolutely want to build on that. And then my goal is that, or my hope, I guess, is that kind of the other pieces fall into place. You know, that if I use the tools I've learned here, continuing to talk to everyone, being really open about my goals, you know, someone who can help me will eventually cross my path. And I'll be confident in asking for that now. Whereas before, I think I did feel like it had to be like a little bit secretive and I couldn't really tell anyone until I <laughs> until I had it all together. You know, now I feel more confident saying this is what I want. And no, I don't know how it's going to happen. Do you have any ideas? And this is a process. Like, we literally started, what, a week ago mm-hmm. asking. Yeah, absolutely. And those, all those sayings, Rome wasn't built in a day, and all, Darcy's yoga studio wasn't built in a week. <laughs> Unfortunately. <It's>, <laughs> we were hoping. Um, but it's all those bits that actually it's over the years, over the weeks, it's keeping pitching the vision. Mm-hmm. And if you stay focused on what you want, it's incredible what you can find. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're lucky and it just shows up. Sometimes it takes a while. Sure. Um, yeah. And then the second option is to do the maths mm-hmm. behind the building mm-hmm. and look at 
can you actually afford to rent a space and deck it out yourself? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to be simple maths. Right. Are you good at spreadsheets and maths? I wouldn't say I'm good at those things. I'm good at being organized. Let's say that. I'm good at being well, that's organized. that's a great start. So I feel like that's within my, you know, within my skill set. Not my zone of genius, but within my skill set, I can do that. And then I think what my zone of genius is, is connecting with people and being able to connect with people once I have this information saying, okay, this is what I want. This is what I need. Once I have all those facts and figures. Yes, definitely. So I think that's probably the next step is Mm -hmm. let's get indicative prices of buildings. Mm -hmm. Let's work out how many courses you think you could fill and how many students and see if the difference at the bottom, expenses versus income, actually makes you a livable wage. Right. And whether you're better off getting the studio or doing more of what you're currently doing. Right. Because there's a maths choice as well as an emotional, where do I want my business to go? Sure. And one thing that I think I've learned from Pop-Up this week is it's not just, can I do it? You know, I'm sure I could find some bank somewhere to give me all the money that I want, but then what? what's the potential outcome? You know, I, I know that I could feasibly walk out of here today, get a loan, get a building. I'm sure you could. But I could also massively ruin my life that <laughs> way. You know, I don't want to do that. So what I've learned from Pop-Up is to kind of like put the steps into place and to really celebrate everything along the way. You know, I'm blessed to have built this business as far as I have already. That's amazing. And I do not take that for granted at all. You know, I'm excited to keep doing that. And hopefully those steps take me toward a studio. But maybe they take me in a different direction. Well, I think that's the bit is what actually is the dream at the end? Mm -hmm. And does getting a building get you to the dream? Is the building the dream? Is, will the other stuff get you to the dream? And it's where are you actually going? Because I think one of the things I didn't realize as I was building pop-up was I had more work than I can cope with. So I hired Henry. Henry now runs pop-up. He's amazing. Uh, and then we started to grow even more. I got Simon to come back. We built to a team of 12. And all of a sudden, I'm running a big business. I didn't even think about that. That wasn't the goal. Like I, That was not my goal, was to be managing and leading a big business. I just wanted to change the way entrepreneurship was taught. And I think if you're not intentional with where you're going, you can sometimes build something you don't want. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the bit. Where are we actually going? And do you want to build the actual physical space and have the money and the debt that goes along with it to have it? Or are you happy doing what you're doing? And then let's just keep seeing if we can get the space in a different way. One's a lot quicker. Like you can go into debt so quickly. (laughs) I'm sure I could. There are plenty of people (laughs) that will lend you money if you want to. Sure. I'm not one of them. Uh, (laughs) Yes. And you can build that very quickly. The longer route is the trying to do it creatively, mm-hmm. which you've already been doing for some time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think a lot of it comes back to what I always tell my students. You know, I ask them almost every day, multiple times in a class, how do you want to feel? And so to me, it doesn't matter if you take child's pose in yoga and you rest on your mat, or if you take the hardest sequence that you can imagine, 
as long as you feel the way you want to feel. And so for me, this week, our time in pop-up has really reminded me of that. You know, I want that studio because to me, it symbolizes a feeling of a deeper connection to my community, a deeper connection to my people. If I'm coming at it from a space of fear and lack and scarcity, I'm not really going to be able to connect with them the way that I want to. And so then I could have a building, it could be the most beautiful yoga studio in the world, but if I don't feel that connection, then I haven't achieved my goal, even Mm -hmm. if on paper or on a lease or what have you, I have, you know? So that's been a nice reminder from Pop-Up that the feeling is really what it's all about. And maybe what that looks like in the end might change. I hope it doesn't. You know, I'm, I'm really passionate about what I want, but it could, it could change. Then we just need to do the maths behind the feeling Mm -hmm. to see if it adds up financially. Mm -hmm. Then we can make a step forwards. Now, we actually stopped the interview at this point and decided to work on the numbers for Darcy, because actually you can't decide if you're going to take on a building without knowing the numbers. And there is a maths element of business that is critical doesn't need to be complex, but it needs to be clear and you need to know the numbers. If you don't have your finger on the pulse of the business, if you don't know how much is coming in a month, how much is going in and out a month, how can you know what you're making and where you're going? And I think this is so important. So what we did at this point was actually to go off and sketch out Darcy's numbers on a piece of paper. Uh, We put income down one side and we worked out from her private clients and different courses how much money she had coming in. And on the other side, we listed all her outgoings. So travel, expenses on buying equipment, phone, internet, all those different bits to then work out the profit. Because how can you know how much money you've got to spend on a space if you don't know your profit? So that's what we did. We went off and did those numbers and then we came back for a quick summary at the end because actually I forgot to press record for some good parts of the conversation. But we recap the main parts for you. So this is part 3B of the interview. So we cut to do some spreadsheet work and write some numbers down because we didn't think that would actually be very exciting podcast material. (laughs) Then we had a really good discussion for like 40 minutes. We did. And forgot to press record. (laughs) Uh, So what just happened? Let's summarize. Let's what just happened and what are we doing next? So we've looked at all my figures, my current figures for income and expenses, which are looking pretty good, we decided. looking. You've actually looking built nice. a solid business. <laughs> I'm very yeah. impressed. And that feels really good. I mean, the future aside, that feels really, really nice to look at those numbers and think like, I did that. So You built that. Mm-hmm, and so I can either keep doing that and doing well, or I can look at this second set of figures that we made and I can possibly grow in the way that I've envisioned. I'll grow either way, but it could be, you know, toward a physical space or it could be something else. Yes. And I think if you've got that goal of the community at Mm -hmm. the top, that's what you're heading towards. Yes. Whichever route you go, let's keep pitching the vision. Yes. And see what comes. Let's keep looking at the buildings. Keep asking people. You never Mm -hmm. know what comes. The perfect Mm -hmm. space will show up at some stage. And then it's just the decision when you get that space What's the cost of having the space Mm -hmm. and what's the upside? And are you willing to trade what you've got now? Which is pretty good. (laughs) Which is pretty good. (laughs) Yes. I really appreciate what you said when we weren't recording about, you know, keep sharing the vision. That's 
definitely if I could sum up my next step in kind of like one bullet point, that's it. You know, no matter how I do it, whether it's in the events I'm already doing or through my mailing list or through my social media or through my website, DarcyMahanYoga.com, by the way, <laughs> however, however yes. I share it, you know, that's what it's about. It's sharing the vision. And that was really powerful to hear you say that. Awesome. Uh, we actually went to Darcy's Suds and Savasana at the brewery this weekend. It was excellent. <laughs> Absolutely excellent. It was lovely to have you all there. I really appreciated that. It's a pleasure. And to the people listening, if you are ever in Charleston, check out Darcy's Yoga. Where do they find the details? You can find the details at DarcyMahanYoga.com or you can also find Darcy Mahan Yoga on Facebook and Instagram. Awesome. So we're going to check in in about a month. Will you keep us up to date on where you've got to with the building, what your thoughts are? It's going to be a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. You're going to find a space. You're going to lose a space. Sure. You're going to have an opportunity. It'll disappear. Sure. Business life is an absolute roller coaster. We'd like to check in. Hopefully you will have far more highs. Yes. <laughs> Than you plan. will <laughs> That is the plan. Um, Absolutely. It's a chance to kind of live my yoga. You know, yoga is being able to be comfortable amidst discomfort. And that's what running your own business is often <laughs> like that. Yes. Tell me about it. Some of those hip <laughs> stretches were definitely <laughs> discomfort this last weekend. <laughs> but then that final relaxation, right, made it all worthwhile. That's what I feel like. All this hard work that I'm putting in, all this uncertainty it's going to pan out one way or another. You know, whether it's that physical building or whether it's something else, it's all going to be worth it because I'm pouring my heart into it. I'm excited. I love it. <laughs> Thank you, Darcy. Thank you, Alan. I appreciate everything. So it was actually a fantastic revelation by doing those numbers was how solid Darcy's business was. She was very happy with the numbers. And for me, I think that is a great way for it to happen. But I've experienced it the other way. I always remember when my parents were a lot younger and they were running a pub. They'd been running it for several years. They were doing quite well, so they did an upgrade. They took on a large amount of debt to expand the pub and they rebuilt the restaurant, expanded the number of covers and seats and grew the business. They then continued to operate for a couple of years afterwards before realising actually that they were hemorrhaging money every single month. And they had the opposite realisation to Darcy that their business was actually struggling. And I think the most important lesson I learned from my parents at that point was having your finger on the pulse of the money. You need to know monthly whether you're making profit or not, if not more, uh, and you need to know what's coming in and what's going out. If you don't know those numbers, how can you understand your business? How can you understand the profit? How can you understand where you're going? And I think that's one of the most important realizations I ever had from watching my parents do business. Now, after the interview three, Darcy actually found the mall owners were looking for businesses to come into their mall and they have a completely different vision of what the mall should be. I was really, really impressed with the mall owners in Charleston and they had vision of creating a wellness campus and they'd got MCSU, uh, the hospital from Charleston in there. It was unbelievable seeing the hospital in the middle of the mall and they wanted to build a wellness campus and actually saw yoga and health activities as part of that. And Darcy entered into discussions almost straight away about 
offering classes in that space, uh, which was an incredible to see. Unfortunately, the coronavirus hit almost immediately afterwards and all of our businesses that ran events were hit hard. So we're going to check in with Darcy again after all of that and see what happens with her. Now, there's so much I want you to take from those interviews that you can use for your business. So very, very much. And let's highlight a few of those different points for you right now. Uh, The first I think I'd love you to take is there is a financial part to every dream and you need to understand the numbers of your business to be able to know whether you're growing in the right direction or not. And the better you understand the finances, the better you'll do. So it's all about tracking those numbers each month. We've got an episode coming up on that with our accountant, Emma May, and Henry, who runs the finances at Pop-Up, and we're going to look all about that. So check out the episode on finances. The second part of the summary is all about pitching your vision. And I think this is something that entrepreneurs don't do enough. You cannot spend enough time getting out there into the world and telling people where you're heading and what you're doing. I never knew this, but This is how I build collaborations and partnerships. This is how I find people who have similar visions to me and want to work with me. And what I would love you to do is get out there and tell the world what you are doing. If you're not pitching your vision, if you're not out there, if you're not asking for exactly what you want, how can you ever hope to get it? So point number two I would love you to take is it's all about pitching your vision. The third thing I'd love you to get from these episodes is that Business is not a zero-sum game. And I think this is something Darcy started to realise through this. Uh, One of her comments was absolutely amazing. She said something that was connection over competition. And it's about connecting with people, not beating them. And this is one of the most important elements of business, especially in a country like the United States or the United Kingdom or some of the more affluent countries around the world. There is enough business for all of us. There is truly enough business for all of us. And Darcy's business doesn't have to trounce all the other yoga businesses. We can actually all grow the market together and be more successful together. So business is about working together with other people. And business is not a zero-sum game. It's not about trouncing the opposition. It's not about building, beating them. It's about growing together. So thank you for listening to the first in the Rebel Entrepreneur Coaching Series with Darcy. We would love to have your feedback. Please click on the link below and send us an email with your thoughts, your ideas, or you can find us on social media. We genuinely want to know what you think. If this is a format that you like, it's something I'd like to expand for season two of The Rebel Entrepreneur, and I'll actually be putting out a call for people to coach so that we can actually support you building your businesses and making money doing what you love. In the meantime, if you want to come along to a pop-up business school, they are and always will be free events. It's a two-week-long entrepreneurship course, and Simon and I have always wanted to give away the best entrepreneurial education for free for all. And you can find out more about those on popupbusinessschool.co.uk forward slash events. Tune into the next episode, send us a message about what you're doing with your business and good luck. It's all about passion, 
profit and purpose. You've been listening to Rebel Entrepreneur with Alan Donegan. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes to get new fresh episodes as soon as they've launched. To stay up to date with the rebellion, visit choosefi.com slash rebel. Thanks for joining the rebellion.